Hello, everyone. I'm Brenda Huang, a product manager at Takara Bio USA, and I manage our stem cell products and services portfolio. Today, we'll continue our discussion on stem cells and focus on human embryonic stem cells for cell therapy applications. I have with me two of our stem cell experts, Christina Runberg and Katarina Branston, who are located in Gothenburg, Sweden. Christina is the site head and director of corporate development at Takara Bio Europe AB, and Katarina is the director of service operations and head of tissue establishment, also at Takara Bio Europe. Thank you both for joining me today. Can you tell me more about your roles at Takara Bio and your experience working with human embryonic stem cells for cell therapy applications? Christina, why don't you go first? Thank you for having us, Brenda. I would be happy to tell you more. I joined the company about 15 years ago as vice president of business development. In the beginning of my career, I led the, the negotiations behind a major partnership with a pharmaceutical company, Novo Nordisk, in the area of ES-based cell therapies for the treatment of diabetes. I was also the alliance manager for this cell therapy collaboration, and we developed uh, culture conditions and methods to establish clinical-grade ES cell lines. I subsequently became the site head of the company and have been very much involved in setting up and qualifying our GMP facility dedicated to ES cell establishment and banking. Recently, I've been working on setting up a new non-exclusive licensing program for our clinical grade ES cell line. Thank you, Christina. Now, Katerina, can you tell us more about yourself? Sure, Brenda. <clears throat> I started first to work with mouse ESLs in 1999 when I did my postdoc at um, UNC in Chapel Hill. Uh, mouse ESLs are much easier to work with, but I learned a lot um, that later would impact my work with human ESLs. I joined Takara Bio Europe, um, formerly Celartis, in 2003 via a JDRF funded project. And this was the first step towards working with clinical-grade uh, human ESL lines. I was involved both in the early development of the improved culture methods, uh, as well as removing all animal components from the culture environment, both of which are critical for producing the ideal starting material for cell therapy. So you mentioned our GMP facility. We do have this state-of-the-art GMP facility for establishing clinical-grade human embryonic stem cells and banking. Um, can you tell me more about what it means to be GMP certified and, and why is that important for cell therapy? Yes, <clears throat> we hold a manufacturing license from the Swedish Medical Product Agency. And that means that we have to fulfill defined criteria set by the European Medicine Agency, the AMA, and the Swedish MPA. It covers how we work, where we work, and what we work with. That also means that we're audited on a regular basis. It means that we can formally release cell material to be used in cell therapy, and that is, of course, highly relevant for the teams that aims to develop cell therapies. Okay, so you're able to provide this really high quality material that's been produced according to really stringent criteria, and that gives 
researchers' confidence in, in their starting material. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So for stem cell therapy, we know that researchers are using all sorts of stem cells as starting material. They're using um, human embryonic stem cells, induced pluripotent stem cells, as well as adult stem cells like MSCs. At Takara Bio, we've chosen to focus on human embryonic stem cells. So can you tell me about the advantages of using human embryonic stem cells as starting material for cell therapy? Yes. The interest for human iPS cells for cell therapy application is growing. The main reason is that you can start with easily accessible cells like fibroblasts and PBMCs, reprogram them into iPS cells and use them as a starting material for cell therapy. However, it remains to be seen whether the manipulation of the cells, <coughs> especially the reprogramming process, has an effect on the integrity of these cells. Human ES cells, on the other hand, they're not manipulated and seems less risky to us from a safety assessment perspective. Furthermore, unlike human adult stem cells, the human ES cells are pluripotent and they can differentiate to all cell types of the human body. Pluripotent stem cells do not have the same limitation in upscaling as adult stem cells, so you can more easily obtain sufficient pluripotent stem cells for cell therapy applications. With human ES cells and human iPS cells, you can go back to the original starting material and create new lots with minimal batch-to-batch -batch variation with the same genotype and with minimal changes of the phenotype. So you both have had a lot of experience working with human embryonic stem cells. Can you tell me about some of the challenges that you've faced with deriving human ESC lines? Christina, why don't you go? Yeah, one challenge is the sourcing of uh, the starting material. Uh, we start from uh, discarded blastocysts. And the donor couple, they must undergo a thorough examination process. Um, this includes testing for infectious diseases within seven days of donation, a physical examination, and a medical history interview. These are all quite complex processes, so it has been important to find a suitable sourcing partner which operates under appropriate standards. I should also mention that since we are starting from human material, individuals must be based in countries which are accepted by the FDA. So, for example, starting material from uh, Europe is not accepted. Therefore, we have established a partnership with an IVF clinic in the United States. They are very professional and have the infrastructure to handle the whole sourcing process according to the IRB approvals, uh, which we have. Great. So are there any other challenges? Yeah, yeah. Another challenge is that cell therapy is a relatively new field for the medical product agencies. In Europe, there is a new regulatory guideline for advanced therapy medicinal products, or ATMP for short, which we operate under. We have specialized personnel trained in this new field, and they are experts in both GMP and stem cells. For ATMPs, 
it is, uh, for example, very important to assess risks and to mitigate them in order to manufacture a high quality product. Great, thank you. So over the years, we've spoken to several researchers who are interested in developing a cell therapy. Some want an, an exclusive line, others want a non-exclusive line. Can you tell me about why researchers would want one over the other? Yeah, uh, some researchers have very specific donor requirements for the ESLs and therefore prefer to have their own proprietary ESL line. Uh, they will then invest time and money in such a line. For these researchers, we can offer an exclusive line through our ESL line derivation service. However, some researchers think that a non-exclusive license to a cell line is uh, sufficient for their needs. Before taking a license, they can evaluate the cell line and see if it differentiates as desired to the cell type of interest. At present, we have one uh, GMP cell line available for licensing on a non-exclusive basis. Great. Now I just have one last question for you, Katerina and Christina. Some non-exclusive clinical grade human embryonic stem cell lines already exist. Why did you feel the need for Takara Bio to establish our own lines and make them available for researchers to license? So you're right, Brenda. <clears throat> there are lines out there that has been around for quite a while and they are being used for cell therapy researchers. However, we know that the standards for cell therapy are always evolving and we wanted to be able to provide researchers with a line that meets the very stringent criteria of today. We have invested a lot of time and work in order to source the starting material according to FDA's requirement. All that work is done to make sure one has minimized the risk that the starting material harbor any infection or defect that later can have a negative impact on a patient that receives derivatives from such cell line. Then we have developed xenofree and feeder-free protocols for the derivation and culture of the human cells for the same reason. By elimination of animal components and feeder cells, we simply eliminate risks. Another aspect is that many HMP-oriented researchers need to test several lines in order to find a cell line that is compatible with their differentiation protocol. So with our new line, we are providing them with another option that may end up being more compatible with their protocols. Great. Thanks so much, Katerina and Christina, for joining me today. It really was a pleasure speaking with you both. To those of you who are listening, Thank you, and that's good science.